0: This is The 53 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you win your fantasy football leagues this year. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jason. Thank you for tuning in. Find The 53 Podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts, on social medias at The 53 Podcast. We're excited to get into this episode. We got a great one for you today. We are talking about quarterbacks, fantasy rankings, Jason first of all, let's get into it. We are an auction draft podcast. So Jason, what is your strategy when you look at quarterbacks in an auction draft? What's what, what's your ideal uh, outcome here?
1: It's evolved over the last few years. I used to be a rushing yards truther, but now we're talking values. You and I have been preaching on this off the radio, even more so the last week in our episodes that we're talking some auction how-tos and how we want to spend our money. So think of it this way real quick. We're out on spending big money on quarterbacks. For example, Josh Allen's projected in the 35 range for our 10-man PPR league. That's crazy because he's projected only 24 points a game. I say only, if that's a lot. But you go down eight spots to Joe Burrow, same passing production, not quite as many rushing yards and touchdowns. But he's only projected three less points a game, but you're going to save $26. Now, I don't know about you, in a $200 budget, $26 bucks is RB2. It is a wide receiver too, more so for than having that big discrepancy than in your quarterback. Where do you value it? What's more scarce? We're pushing the streaming quarterback this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. I, I think the 53 is a quarterback streaming podcast. We definitely like to do that, but there is so much intrigue and so much fun with getting the high-end guys, Josh Allen being the guy you brought up, and as our unanimous number one quarterback, and I think there's so many reasons why he's unanimous across the board in fantasy games. I, I like other guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert even, but there's some question marks there, but Josh Allen kind of answers all those questions for you as your number one in the reason why 53 has him first overall.
1: Absolutely. It's funny you say that too, because we're talking just value standpoint. Patrick Mahomes on this list is at $26, so it's already an immediate $9 drop. Do you really want to pay a premium for that much? Is it that much of a different quarterback? The upside's definitely there for both of them. But what are you going to do with that
0: $9? Yeah, I feel we, uh, and, Auction makes it so much more fun for that reason, because quarterbacks don't have to follow the round three to round five range for your top guys and then drop down to round 10, 11 for your uh, mid tier guys. That's kind of what you see in snake drafts. But auction, you're able to play within that whenever they get nominated and, and, and play with money there. Um, but let's get into some of the quarterbacks here. This is the five segments. So we got five quarterbacks we'd like to break down for you. Five a piece. And Jason, I got some questions as to some of the guys that you want to highlight today. And my first question is, with DeAndre Hopkins sitting out to start the year and Hollywood Brown coming in over that crazy draft day trade, how do you feel about Kyler Murray this year? Great
1: question. I've got Kyler at my QB3. Last year, he was just shy of 25 fantasy points a game, and posted a number one overall pro football focus grade at 90.5, which I thought was sweet. The one thing that's going to be interesting is, for me— I think I might be able to get him as a steal because everyone's a little bit low on that Hopkins deal because they know that with Hopkins out of the lineup, Murray only had 18.8 fantasy games. So you have almost a seven point drop there in production. However, Hopkins is only out for six games. You need to probably split those six games that you're out, three and three, to be in the hunt going in the middle of the season there. But you got to imagine to be able to take off for the second half of the year. So think of it like a, yeah, you want to pay good money for a boom guy, but kind of a late stash appeal. Maybe you can save a couple bucks trying to get him. Because we, don't forget, this is the quarterback, another year in the system, it's got extended, he's got some security, he's happy, but he also runs the ball, he had 423 yards and five touchdowns on 88 attempts, it's good for just shy of five yards to carry. So, let's talk about another rushing quarterback, transitioning to another one whose value is much to do with the rushing production, Lamar Jackson, didn't serve a full set of games last year, does that impact your ranking for him?
0: Yeah, Lamar Jackson, I think, is the biggest question mark at the quarterback position in fantasy this year, really because we we don't know what we're going to see. He played, you know, the first half of the season and was hitting his marks when it comes to fantasy. They were definitely passing more, which I think is a value to Lamar Jackson. I think if they're passing more and he's running on unscheduled runs rather than the scheduled runs that they got accustomed to the year prior is really advantageous for him. Knowing that this guy ran for 1,200 yards once makes him an immediate buy for me. So that bolsters him all the way up to quarterback two in my rankings because I like that ability to run and score and make big plays on his feet. You get so much more value out of 10 yards rushing than 10 yards passing. And for those reasons is why I love Lamar Jackson. The whole offense is going to run through him and his feet and is a really fun one to watch week in and week out. I like to shy away from bigger guys, but I think Lamar might fall in some auction drafts and and you can get him for cheap. He is my second ranked guy. I really think he's going to finish strong this year. And Jason, I was able to attend Chargers training camp yesterday and witness Justin Herbert and all the talent around him. I mean, crazy here in LA. Could we see progression in Herbert in his already stellar stat line last year of 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns? I think it's
1: definitely attainable. It's kind of crazy to say for a guy who's still so young. But he finished third in fantasy points per game at 22.7. You may or may not know this. That's why we're here. He has thrown for over 300 yards in over half of his game. That's crazy. Now, you add the extra game for the 18th week of the season. There's more points. Um, Yeah, he was over 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, like you mentioned, 10 picks. He also, sneaky, sneaky, ran. For 302 yards and three touchdowns, I think he can bolster that more as well. Speaking of another rushing quarterback, I know we're going to run out of that real quick. Uh, Jalen Hurts finished in the top 10 last year. Is that going to be repeated?
0: I really like Jalen Hurts this year. He's all the way up to quarterback three for me. Again, because I, unlike you, Jason, I, I see the rushing yard stat, and that's what I'm buying on, uh, especially in auctions. When these these players get auctioned, I get excited because that rushing yards is where I'm going to make my money. Yes, Jalen Hurts only threw for 3,100 yards last year, but he had nearly 800 on the ground and scored 10 touchdowns on the ground. He's got weapons. He got a gift in A.J. Brown coming over to become an Eagle, but Devontae Smith is there. Dallas Goddard's there. They both caught over 70 balls. I I like it. I think he's a top 10 quarterback easily, top five, uh, no doubt. Uh, and, and, you know, we finished top 10 last year and only through 16 touchdowns transitioning. Now we're kind of dropping into our mid tier guys. We're looking at guys that kind of fall below that, that $10 mark for your, your top tier quarterbacks. And if you're looking to save a couple of dollars, I think Russell Wilson is the guy to look at. He might've been inconsistent the last couple of years in Seattle, but does his relocation and his new look in Denver with his new weapons, make it more appetizing for you as a fantasy manager.
1: It absolutely does. I mean, this is a guy, we said middle tier, so you're probably looking in that definitely less than $10, but probably that $5, $6, $7 range. He is going into a much more quarterback-friendly scenario there. Um, He has great receivers before he has them now, but he has a team that's going to focus the ball on the run. He had absolutely no run help, so the defense, you know, was just cheating. He only played 14 games last year, and he had about 3,100 yards and 25 touchdowns. The year prior, when they let Russ cook, he had over 4,200 yards and 40 touchdowns. That's 4-0 touchdowns. So we know he can do it. Everybody knows he throws a great moonshot deep ball. Some young, talented, big receivers in Sutton and Judy. K.J. Hamler back as a slot guy. I think he's going to have a lot, a lot of fun this year. He, even last year with the down numbers we were talking about, he still led the league in yards per attempt at 10.4. Air it out, baby. Let him cook. Speaking of another guy who knows how to cook, Tom Brady led the league with over 5,300 yards last year and finishes as a top three quarterback, dude. I mean, we have to see him drop eventually, right, to the mid-tier instead of just dominating the league. I mean, we're not just talking regular football play. We're talking elite fantasy play still, too. Does this mean that the value we found can be found in Brady, or are we fading Brady coming into his 23rd season?
0: Yeah, I'm not fading Brady, but I, I also don't think – I'm going to be realistic and don't think he's going to finish at quarterback three last year, and the reason being – He put up MVP numbers last year and should have been the NFL MVP. I don't know how a quarterback who's in his 22nd season last year leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns with 5,300 and then threw for 43. How does that not win you an MVP is beyond me, but let's look at the weapons that he has. Yes, Gronkowski's gone, but Mike Evans is there and has posted a thousand yard season's, since he's been in the NFL, Chris Godwin looks to be healthy. He had a thousand yard season last year and Russell Gage comes in from Atlanta, was able to move the chains there for Matt Ryan. And I think he's going to do the same here. And then they just got Julio too, which I think they'll, they'll mix in in more of like a Gronkowski role where he just comes and plays in big games type of deal. But I like him. I think Tom Brady has a great value pick this year around your five, six, seven, eight, quarterback i have him ranked as my seventh quarterback would love to have him on my team you know tampa's gonna pass you know he's gonna protect himself because he gets rid of the ball before contact brady would be a fun one to have in 23 someone we can't quite get a grasp on unlike tom brady i think we know we're gonna get from brady this guy has kind of been all over the place the last couple years and despite losing amari cooper now that Dak is kind of in his veteran years do we think Dak Prescott could lead to some quality fantasy production for this year, Jason?
1: Yeah, you guys know as a team, I've been fading the Cowboys for a couple of years now. But the one thing that's been consistent when healthy has been Dak Prescott and his fantasy production. You may recall two years ago, he was on pace to an MVP trajectory before he got hurt with that gruesome, nasty leg injury. I think he what still led the, led the league in passing yards at three or four years out after being hurt. Sneaky, sneaky. They weren't a great team either last year, but they had over... Four thousand four hundred passing yards and thirty-seven touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty wild. On top of that, we've been talking rushing stats. McCarthy came out and said his head coach and play caller that he projects Dak to run some more. Funny thing, funny stat for you. He was a top ten quarterback despite only one hundred and forty-six rushing yards and one touchdown last year. So even if you double that projection, you got to be real good about that, knowing that it's going to be a real value opportunity for you here. If you want to call it a stream, I think that's a little, little early to call it a stream because you're probably going to plan. $10, $12, $14 $10, 12 $14 for him. But uh, on a budget that's not focused on quarterback, I think that's a, a pretty darn good value for that type of passing yards.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: So back-to-back MVP is often overlooked, man, when it comes to fantasy production because, obviously, one's lead play and one's statistical analysis. Um, but Aaron Rodgers finished as a QB6 last year. What do you see for him this year?
0: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is an interesting one because he's kind of falling – by the wayside as these young quarterbacks are putting up insane stat lines and he's just kind of getting forgotten about in fantasy and I think this is where fantasy managers who are playing quarterback on a budget it could really hit somebody who's consistent as you said he finished quarterback six I really like his top 10 upside again this year even with losing Devonte Adams it's going to be tough maybe on those touchdown numbers but he's going to have over 4,000 yards passing he loves to include his running backs in the passing game. We see that in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're going to focus on that tremendously this year, and I think there's a, a lot of attribution to passing touchdowns to his running backs for the Green Bay Packers. So reasons why I'm buying him at quarterback 13 is where I have him, but I'm buying him here as a as a budget quarterback in my fantasy drafts is because he's in, he's he's mad consistent. He had over 20 points in 10 out of the 16 games he played in last year, and to me, that metric means a lot. That means he he's consistently going out and hitting a number that I know I can win with uh, week in and week out. So I, I like that about Aaron Rodgers. There is no down weeks, at least in the regular season, right, Jace? So he's an easy buy there, and, and you can feel comfortable with him as your starting quarterback still. I think, Jason, when we're looking at your guys, at least the last two, we, we have some question marks around them. And Aaron Rodgers certainly has some question marks to answer with Devonta Adams gone. But we got a little taste of your 15th-ranked quarterback, Trey Lance, last year. He started two games and played in a couple more. How do we feel about him coming in, being the signal caller in 2021 for the Niners?
1: I'll tell you, I feel like he is going to be the number one boomer bust guy. So if you're a homer for him, go get him. I mean, We only saw limited sample size six games. I think he only started two, like you mentioned. He is – the experts have him projected at 22.4 fantasy points of games. That includes 60 yards rushing. Now, last year he played in six games. We said he had 38 attempts for 168 yards. Do the math. That's just shy of 30 yards rushing, most of those design runs. But that's only, again, six games. That's not a bad start. You can also count on this. This is not going to be Jimmy G's offense. This is not going to be the same offense that you're going to see with Garoppolo in there, Kyle Shanahan knows how to get what he can out of his players and if that's acting a little bit differently. You notice that I – well, I noticed a lot more pop plays than you're grinding out for seven, eight-yard rushes. They were able to do more with play action. I think he may not throw the ball 30 times a game, but you're going to have three plays that were 40-yard chunk plays and a couple of long touchdowns like we see in this small sample size. So I, I think he's going to be a really fun one. If you've got the patience, the chop for it, do it. If you're a Niners homer, do it. If you're streaming because it will be for cheap, why not, right? Go for the boomer bust if that's the way your team is built.
0: Yeah, Jason, would you would you suggest a strategy if Trey Lance is a guy that you're looking for? Would you suggest the strategy to grab a Dak Prescott and then come back a couple nominations later and grab a Trey Lance? Would that something you would suggest to somebody who's trying auction for the first time?
1: I would because not only are you considering what you're paying for an individual player – we mentioned in our previous episode, it's not just one player that you're budgeting for. It's the whole position group. So if you have eight bucks set for your position group and you spend six on deck and you can spend two on Trey, you got two leftover dollars for that position group to not break your bank or put yourself in an uncomfortable position, do it. And I think for $2, I think Trey Lance is quite the fun guy to watch. And if he's definitely going to be your backup option or someone to pair alongside and make a weekly decision on, I'd feel about that, than making him my number one overall starter. But it's definitely a strategy that can be very effective if you do your homework right.
0: Yeah, I really like that. The way you break it out there makes me think back to like Lamar Jackson, where people didn't know what to do with him going into his first full season as the starting quarterback. And just to throw an extra dollar or two on him to sit on your bench to see what it could be makes a lot of sense. You're not losing a lot in throwing a couple dollars at Lance, just like Lamar was, and then you get... The production of an MVP season in Lamar. What, what would it be if if Trey Lance came out and did similar projections? Would be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. Let's, let's talk about some other awesomeness. I'm going to give you an awesome chance to talk about your Homer quarterback there in Minnesota, where your heart lies. Let's talk about some projections. I mean, he finished quarterback eleven last year, but that was we know that was outside zone, run heavy, right? Now you have Kevin O'Connell coming in, bringing in the McVay offense to Minnesota. We saw, obviously, we know what McVay's offense can do with Stafford, won a Super Bowl, big numbers with uh, Cooper Cup. And then don't forget, too, the head coach in uh, Cincinnati comes from that same tree as well. And we saw a lot of big numbers from Joe Burrow and those receivers. Does Kevin O'Connell unlock Kirk as a solid quarterback one starter this year?
0: Yeah, I firmly think so, Jason. I do. And I know I am a homer when I talk about Kirk Cousins. but. I got Kirk Cousins ranked where he finished last year at quarterback 11. What that means to me is this is a guy you buy for a dollar and go big on your quarter, on your wide receivers and running backs. He's going to be consistent for you. You know what you're going to get out of him. You can be confident in getting a Kirk Cousins and a Trey Lance together, knowing that Cousins can carry you through the first couple of weeks while you see what you have in Trey Lance. You, you see what your possibilities are there. Um, so that's what I see Kirk doing for somebody looking to draft him. And the positives as as to drafting Kirk is, number one, is very obviously Justin Jefferson. The the production he's able to put out, he, he could potentially be the wide receiver one this year in fantasy. But you also have Adam Thielen, who scored 10 touchdowns in back-to-back years. K.J. Osborne, the third receiver in Minnesota, he had 50 catches last year in just his second year in the NFL. And then they're getting Irv Smith back, who is more of a, you know, catching tight end compared to who they had last year in Conklin. So I, I really like these positives. Dalvin Cook can catch out of the backfield. I, I do look at a guy like Stafford, like you mentioned, Jason, and, and see what he did just with one year in the McAfee offense. Our weapons are are somewhat similar to what the Rams have, but aren't a one-to-one comparison. But Why not be able to compare those over to what Kirk could do? And shit, I mean, Jared Goff threw for 48,000 yards in a McVay offense, so why can't Kirk Cousins? I think we're going to look to air it out as the Minnesota Vikings this year. He's worth every bit of the $1 pick you're going to get him for. Save money in your drafts and be happy with Kirk Cousins. So there are a couple guys who fell outside of our top 15 initial Mm -hmm. rankings-ish how we look at it, and we would consider these our sleepers, I guess. Sleeper's a weird term when it comes to quarterbacks. I think it's definitely more apt for running backs and wide receivers, but here are some guys, if you're looking at two quarterback leagues, which we do not participate in, or if you're looking at stashing a quarterback, these are some guys that we might look at because their production could skyrocket. So these are our three sleepers. I'll get into the first here with my guy, Jameis Winston. You know I love me some Jameis. And and Yami's in his last healthy season with the Buccaneers threw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns. I don't want to take that away from him. Last year, Winston's pre-draft models were saying, don't look at those numbers because they don't have players like Mike Evans and this and that. But now if you look at the Saints, they have Alvin Kamara, who we know is a great pass catcher. They have Jarvis Landry. People forget that Jarvis Lange is in New Orleans. Chris Olave looks to be a stud. He's going to take the top off the defense. Jameis likes to throw a deep. Olave is a perfect pair for him. And then Michael Thomas is practicing again. I think people forgot how good Michael Thomas is. And yes, Drew Brees has a lot to do with it. And yes, he's slant man or whatever. But he's going to move the ball down the field and give so many opportunities to the Saints offense to score touchdowns through the air. And is a huge reason why I'm looking at Jameis Winston as a second quarterback for me. For that, I I really think New Orleans is going to change the way they played football last year with Winston. We saw little glimpses of it when he played, what, three games last year? I mean, he threw five touchdowns in the first game last season. Do you remember that? That was— That's the Packers. That was something else. We're like, oh, man. Is, is this really going to happen? And then he came back down to earth and was Jameis Winston for a couple of games before he got hurt. But I like him here again as as a second guy, somebody who you don't know what you're going to have in the first couple of weeks, but he could pop off and he's sitting at the, on your bench just waiting. So get Jameis Winston. Let's have some fun with it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great take. I think the only reason he really is a sleeper is because you talk about, don't look at those numbers. 33 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, but also 30 picks here. So maybe, hopefully... Another year with the same system, another year with the same guys, get a chance to correct some of that. He did get LASIK. If you remember that being the gag the last few years, you can actually see better now. So if I'm taking a streamer, this is a guy I'm looking at too. I love it. One guy I'm taking a look at is, this has been such a weird year for him. The Raiders were a team I had slotted to go to the playoffs, and they did. I felt good about what they were going. Derek Carr, he's got the weapons. Everybody's heard. All right, so you got Devonta Adams. Target hog, touchdown hog, but hey. Who cares for, as a quarterback, who cares who your targets are that are scoring the touchdowns so long as they're scoring? So between Adams and Waller, I mean, you got beasts in the red zone. And I make a significant point to say that because every quarterback last year that threw for at least 30 touchdowns finished inside the top 10. So that's pretty easy. Last year he had 4,800 yards and 23 touchdowns. You add, I think Devontae Adams is going to have seven touchdowns this year, at least. Easy. The other thing is we talked a bit about why we're shying away in a previous episode, shying away from Josh Jacobs is because of those red zone targets taking away from a running back, headed to receivers. And we know that McDaniel has a very strong eye for isolating top players in the red zone. You think Hernandez, you think Gronk, you think Brady DeMoss all those years ago when they broke the, the touchdown record there. New year, new system, new coach, got it. But he went there with a purpose and an intention. He knows what weapons he has. Don't forget also, the last point I want to make on Derek Carr is that he was quarterback ranked second in the NFL in passing yards and 15th in fantasy points per game. And that was all amongst the Gruden bullshit. They lost their head coach at play caller halfway through the season. So that means they had to learn a new coach. They had probably kept a similar system, but... All that drama in a team that brings on drama. He still finished (laughs) to second in passing yard. Didn't have Devonta Adams. Their best receiver was Redfro, and Waller was banged up. He only played half the games last year. So I think this is a quiet one that I, you know, we're telling you this because we want you to win your leagues. I'm going to try and get him in my league. That's for sure.
0: I like that for Derek Carr. I think you're making me a a purchaser in Carr, which is. Are you a believer? I'm a believer in Carr right now. After that. That was nice, and I think often people forget that a head coach or offensive coordinator means a whole hell of a lot, especially for younger quarterbacks and for quarterbacks who already do well, and then this could like kind of set them up like Derek Carr. But uh, when we're looking at our last sleeper here, he's in a in a new system as well, and he's or he's getting a guy who has helped fantasy production at the quarterback position tremendously in his career, and that's Doug Peterson coming to the Jaguars and working with Second-year quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is ranked at 17 for both Jason and I, and there's reasons for that, of course. I don't think I'm out here suggesting taking Trevor Lawrence as your starting quarterback, but what I am saying is there's potential here that he could be a really solid backup for you all season or potentially progress into QB1 numbers, you know, semi-consistently. He adds Christian Kirk. Yeah, it's Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones is there, Jason's boy, LaVishka Chennault, and Travis Etienne's coming back in his second NFL season. I really like it, and uh, I know you you have a point here on Trevor Lawrence, too. What do you think?
1: I think a lot of things about Trevor Lawrence. One good one is Peterson only finished outside the top 10 in pass attempts for his offenses in five years in Philly, so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. I mean, Trevor only had just about 3,600 yards last year, but only threw 12 touchdowns but threw 17 picks and got sacked 32 times. That's coming from a college coach who also got fired half of the year and seemed more just to be there as opposed to teach these guys. You the give a guy a scratch year there, you talk about the second-year jump, especially for a guy that's going to be in an Andy Reid-focused coaching tree. They know how to take care of their quarterbacks. He's actually going to learn a few things this year. You're not going to be sniffing anywhere near his sub-60% completion percentage. He's not going to you know, have an interception ratio that was minus one. You're going to see a lot more opportunity in those weapons that you mentioned, but also no one's expecting anything of this team anyway. They spent a lot of big money, a lot of new weapons, lots of opportunity and potential here. Um, I get excited as my backup or my streamer for the year. That would be someone I would not spot.
0: Yeah. And before we end the podcast here with our quarterback rankings, we are going to be dropping our rankings, both Jason's and I's and the 53's together over on our Twitter page. So check that out as, as we put our rankings from one to 15 or 20 for the quarterback position. And then along with this podcast here, but Before we end it, Jason, I got a question for you because we're going into the more fun rankings of the draft. And the question is very simple. What are you more excited to draft this year specifically, your running backs or your wide receivers?
1: Oh, my gosh. I think I'm more excited to draft my running backs because I think there's more pressure to do so. Running back, there's going to be more of a need to put your money where your mouth is and be right. I think there are so many more. Well, I know. Every team's got two decent running backs. Every team has three, four, five guys out there catching the ball between your receivers and your tight ends and even a back. So just the volume is a lot more isolated, and so therefore you need more quality in that target share for your running back, whereas any receiver can pop well, any player can, but any receiver could pop off for 660 and touchdown just by the game plan, and we have no privy to that. You don't have the same workload stats. You don't have the same carries. So I think running back, putting your money where your mouth is is the way to go. How about yourself, what are you thinking?
0: Well, I'll just right back at you. I'll just play devil's advocate and take the other side here, and I'll say wide receivers and and give reasons to why wide receivers are fun. I agree with you that running backs make it all more difficult because there are maybe only twenty that you can rely on and hope you're right on. And then as waivers come, it's a lot easier to stream a wide receiver than it is a running back but wide receivers excite me this year because I think of the outside of the top five you know outside of your top tier there's five 10 maybe even 15 guys that could be wide receiver one there are guys that are so many question marks around that we don't know I feel like there's so much intrigue to players like Michael Pittman who's just sitting there like what is he going to do with Matt Ryan that excites me so much and why breaking down receivers and drafting a receiver is so much more like a lottery ticket because you don't know the production that they're going to have, where the running back is more, make sure I get the guy and hope he's healthy because we know the production that he's going to have. So for me, I like the the mystery, the intrigue that the wide receiver brings uh, come draft time.
1: That about wraps it up for today's episode on The 53 Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping you win your fantasy football leagues all year round. We appreciate you listening to us for your weekly dose of all things fancy. We love bringing you this content, and we want to know what you think. Let us know how your squad is doing. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at the53podcast. Be sure to cast your votes on our Twitter polls as we continue to build the best content we can for you. Like and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify so you never miss an episode. The 53 is able to bring you content every week, and we couldn't do this without you. Until next time, I'm Jason, along with my co-host, Luke. This has been the 53 Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Doses.